0: Hi, and welcome back to More Than A Lumpy Jumper Shorts. This is our last one before we're back with season two. And as we're in that holiday season where there are triggers, stresses, too many people, not enough people, work pressures, family pressures, we're going to give you some resources to help. Come and join us for Coping With Overwhelm. Hi, and welcome to More Than A Lumpy Jumper. We're on to our final show before we start back on season two. So this week, we're going to be talking about avoiding overwhelm. And this is something that I guess resonates with me in terms of so many people I know during this period when we are trying to make everything perfect, and we have lots of family and friends around, and we've got lots of other things going on, that it's just a time where many people become overwhelmed with emotion or overwhelmed with stress. Apparently, some research in 2018 in Sweden found that people had a large number of heart attacks, or then the number of heart attacks increased on Christmas Eve at 10pm specifically was a time where there was a significant increase in heart attacks. I suspect it's not just Swedish people who suffer from overwhelm at that period of time. But So I really wanted to just have a little chat with you, Bobby, about maybe some of the things we can do to avoid getting to that dreadful stage and even getting to any stage approaching that.
1: Mm. Do you know the other thing that I was reflecting on when I was thinking about this topic as well is the number of people I have spoken to in the last few weeks that have said how tired they are. And I remember even as a child, it's such a long school term that you're tired and there just seems to be, I don't know, is it just me? But there seems to be a level of tiredness and then we just lather Christmas on top of it you know, as we're coming to the culmination of the year, that that might aid and abet our feelings of overwhelm as well. I don't know. I I was just thinking about that too.
0: I just thought it was because I was getting old about my tiredness. But yeah, (laughs) I do take that point that there is, I know that post-pandemic that there is sort of this still feeling of just anxiousness and weariness from all of the emotion and yeah all of the emotion it was a really emotional time either in over emotion or just sort of being isolated so yeah I take your point about the weariness and being tired and then this period of cooking and buying and wrapping and entertaining and there's an awful lot of pressure
1: we see lots written as well now about the always on sort of way of living so if it's like that anyway And then let's add in germs, bugs, and then Christmas as well. I think that it is a good moment to be talking about overwhelm because I think it's almost like overwhelm on steroids at this time of year.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So my first gift to help people address or think about or mitigate this feeling of being overwhelmed with, Emotions, responsibilities, just all the things. It's a link to a website, mentalhealthfirstaid.org. We'll put the link in later. But it gives a number of really, really simple tips to deal with when you start to recognize that feeling in yourself. And I guess maybe the first step is to recognize it, but it is to take a breath and step away. And I know that's often easier said than done, but but it is a very simple thing. And even if it is only a couple of breaths, it can make a difference. And there are some breathing exercise links within that creating a no list so we've talked about boundaries in other episodes deciding what your priorities are and saying i'm not going to agree to yet another party or to you know to go and do things that i really don't have the energy for or the emotional resource for and it at least gives you a sense of control over your own schedule don't do something if you really really don't want to do it being kind to yourself And I'll talk a little bit more about compassion to yourself in my second gift. You know, if you don't manage everything, if you can't keep everything perfect, that's fine. Just be kind to yourself and let it go. Ask for help if you need it. If there's social support networks, and we've already we talked about that very recently, how important they are. Reach out to those people. If you don't want to talk to a family member because they're the person causing the overwhelm, then go and talk to somebody else. And then finally, another top tip that we've talked about before: journaling. Write things down. Just stream of consciousness, however you want to do it, unstructured. Just get get it out of your head. All really simple, doable things to help deal with overwhelm.
1: Love those. I'm going to riff off that with my first gift, actually, and that's to talk about the five, four, three, two, one method. Have you ever heard of that? Oh no, I haven't. So this is finding yourself a moment, probably not with other people, or actually you could do it while the room is very noisy and just almost move into yourself a little bit. And the five, four, three, two, one is name to yourself internally or verbally, five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two you can smell, and one you can taste—it's almost a practice you could do whilst you're getting ready in the morning, you know, with the taste being the taste of the toothpaste while you're cleaning your teeth. But it actually just calms the nervous system just enough, that focusing back in. So I think that's another one to add to your list as well. Yeah, that's that's, so that's my first. That's game.
0: brilliant, Bobby. I, I've come across it, but it was called something different as a sort of tool in the toolkit, particularly in, I think they teach it to humanitarians in terms of dealing with traumatic experiences just to give them to time yeah. to step back, but obviously doesn't have to be used in those extreme circumstances. Yeah, that's really, really cool. And I'm a big fan of the sort of using the senses to calm or distract or self-soothe. So my second gift is about Compassion to yourself, self-kindness. I think it's important for two reasons. One thing is often people get overwhelmed because they are trying to be perfect at things and are not so, you know, and beat themselves up about not achieving the levels of perfection that they've set. And then secondly, they beat themselves up when they start to feel overwhelmed because they feel that they should be able to cope. And I've suffered from that a lot and it's led to a burnout. For me, and one of the things that I took up when I was doing lots of sort of development work on myself to heal was something called compassion based resilience training. And the various different versions of it, but CBRT was the one that I used. And it's a mindfulness technique. And you go through various levels of mindfulness, but a big focus is on being compassionate to yourself and realizing how important it is to have that self-compassion rather than judging yourself and judging yourself harshly. And so Mm -hmm. I'll put that link in, but there's a video, a mindfulness, kindness to self, mindfulness meditation. So it's compassion-based focused therapy, and it's an eight-minute meditation that's You know, if you get a chance or you start to feel overwhelmed or you know you're going to get overwhelmed because everybody's going to descend on the house and you're worried about it being not clean enough or somebody's going to criticize you or that the turkey is not going to be cooked the right way or the gravy (laughs) isn't cooked the right way, then, you know, you can do that mindfulness meditation in the morning or listen to it while you're in the shower. Or if you just have to go outside and kick something, not an animate object, but an inanimate object, then you can maybe listen to it while you're trying to cope with the helpful comments about how you should be cooking gravy.
1: Marvellous. You know, it never ceases to amaze me when we're doing this, that we never tell each other what we're actually going to come up with. And yet they all sort of seem to somehow blend together. Like I sort of know you quite Amazing, well. Huh? Weird. <laughs> this is the joyous surprise of recording and then going, oh, this isn't going to sound all ridiculous. Or maybe it does. Who knows? Anyway, so I know you said a couple of gifts, but the things that I found do weave nicely together. So bear with, please, caller. So you were talking about the overwhelm and the needing to be kind to self. Now, I don't want to go alienating any of our male listeners. And I think what I'm about to say could actually play out to be of interest to them as well. So again, bear with me, male callers, because. Where I started when I was going down this bit of a rabbit hole with looking at overwhelm was I came across this TED talk by Dr. Libby Weaver. It was recorded back in 2014, but still so relevant because it's called The Pace of Modern Life Versus Our Cave Woman Biochemistry. And what it's talking about is that some years back, many years back now, women became able to do the jobs, etc., that men had been traditionally doing. But they never gave up running the house. And as a result, my next gift, if somebody's still looking for a Christmas present that they're after, is her book, Rushing Woman's Syndrome, which actually talks about what that constant rushing and being in some state of overwhelm mm. does to our nervous system, our adrenal glands, our reproductive system, our digestive system, and our emotional landscape. And I think the thing that's interesting when we think about that is that, and I have no research on this and I'm no scientist, but when you think about the changes in biochemistry, and we think about my partner for one, and what's happened to his biochemistry is the fact of him running a house and for some years running a house by himself before I came along. We've both, both males and females, have had their biochemistry had something done to it by a way of what life is actually turning up. So, whilst the rushing woman syndrome is for a woman and what's actually happening to all of the parts of her system, my other book that I wanted to offer, which is called "Life Is a Verb" by Patty Die D I G H rather than Die, but she talks about what would you do with your life if you had thirty-seven days left. And her stepfather was diagnosed with lung cancer and was dead 37 days later. And what he talked about was I'm going to make every day count. So that intentional Mm. living bit. And so she talks about six practices of intentional living, which are intensity saying yes, but saying yes to the right things, inclusion being generous, integrity, speaking up, intimacy, loving more and intuition, trusting yourself. Now, I think that's for both females and oh, males. Oh, God, yeah. So it's a range of little gifts there that you can start by just watching the TED Talk if you've only got 20 minutes. But there's a couple of stocking fillers there as well that you can take into the new year to either help your emotional and mental health or indeed thinking about how you might want to live more intentionally in 2024.
0: Oh, I love that. Thanks, Bobby. Those are... Lovely gifts and helping me every time we've done this recording, my family going, What do you want for Christmas? Just go (laughs) listen to the podcast and
1: you can look at the links. So thank you. Very helpful. Snap. No problem at all. No, that's lovely. More gifts. I like gifts. Especially if they're diamonds. (laughs) Hint, hint, ash. Ash. (laughs) Hint hint. (laughs) That's
0: the end of this mini. Thanks for listening and The next time we see you will be season two. Enjoy the rest of the break until then. Bye. Thanks,
1: everyone. Thanks, everyone.
0: Bye. Thanks for listening. The resources are on the More Than a Lumpy Jumper website and on the Spotify page. Please do speak to someone if you aren't feeling okay. In the spirit of the new year, we're going to be back for season two next week with Being a Commitment in 2024. See you then.